Prime Headlines is brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Live from our studios here in Kukumlimle in Accra, this is Joy News Prime. I am Emefa Apau. In our headlines, this is our Joy News response to former Sanitation Minister Cecilia Abnadapa emphasizing our reportage relating to frozen bank accounts were based on facts after lawyers for the former minister demanded a retraction and apology. We have details here. Also, Imani Ghana calls for the scrapping of the GMPC Genesa deal as it describes the Energy Committee's report clearing the deal as one-sided. And in the mating edition of our Stories of Hope series, we'll tell you the uplifting story of Johannes and Elijah who escaped abject rural poverty in search of a better life in the city and their undying determination to beat the odds in the face of the biting economic crisis. I've been doing some investment so with that i will gather it and do my personal business yeah i still have the hope of becoming a journalist at the top of the r8 we bring you prime business with pios kojobaka beverages association of ghana welcomes increase in water and utility tariffs by the prc uh, for the first time the prc has uh, really considered the industry uh, at hand and um, announcing the increment. This will not affect industry as such. Razak Musbal follows with Prime Sports. At Stars Forward, NS Nyama set to become most expensive Ghanaian teenager as his move to French Giant Lyon edges closer. You want to stay for details of that and more here on Join News Prime. It's available on Google Podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all social media platforms and myjoyonline.com. Also available on DSTV Channel 421, Go TV 125. This is Join News, your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Please stay. At a faster rate by illegal mining. The forest is a no-go. It is an illegal area for anybody to mine. If the colonial masters save these resources, how come our fourth republic is the one destroying these resources? 34 of the country's 288 forest reserves have been affected, with an estimated destruction of 4,726 hectares. This is purely Erastus Asaldonko goes deep into major forests under siege. Forests under siege, Apamprama Forest Reserve.
This is Joy News Prime. Many thanks for your company once again. And Joy News has responded to former Sanitation Minister Cecilia Abnadapa, making it clear that there was no ethical or professional misconduct in reporting on the issues relating to her frozen bank accounts. The former Sanitation Minister had written to Joy News demanding a retraction and an apology after we published verified facts regarding the sum of transactions assessed by investigators on two of her bank accounts over a period. The Office of the Special Prosecutor is investigating the former minister for corruption and corruption-related offences, while it is seeking to confirm in the High Court the seizure of $590,000 and 2.7 million CDs found in her home upon a search. The OSP is also seeking to confirm the freezing of her account. Joy News had reported that two of the account held $5 million and 48 million CDs being the value of transactions assessed by investigators over a period. Well, through our lawyers, we have written back to Madame Cecilia Abnadapa. Joint News editor Evans Mensa joins me in studio with details of what we are learning so far. Evans, welcome. So first, why did we have to write to Madame Cecilia Abnadapa? I'm pretty sure you recall that we reported that the OSP had frozen uh, these accounts. We got court documents that indeed confirmed this. Now, in two of those accounts, investigators had assessed the total value of transactions over a period and found $5 million mm-hmm. and 48 million CDs, both being transactions in and out of these accounts over the assessed period. Now, Sister the Power was unhappy with this and got her lawyers to write to us, demanding an apology and a retraction. So that's why we had to write. Okay. And we have since caused our lawyers to write to her yes. on this, right? Yes, yes, we have. And through our lawyers, and that is the chambers of Samson Lala Yenini, a partners at law, we wrote, quote, the complaint reportage, which we've just uh, detailed mm-hmm. regarding the set two fig- figures. And this is the amounts that we had published. It's based on facts in the matter, the subject of set criminal investigations, mm-hmm. end of quote. And that, that said amount, as duly clarified in specified publications by a client, represent the value of transactions on those bank accounts over a period, the subject of an application. sent out to the lawyers of Cicely Lapa. Okay, and this is also available on my joint. receiving money to buy a house at Kokubite here in Accra. Well, this follows the conclusion of investigations on him by the state prosecutors. Richard Kodunyako was in court. Here's his report. Seven accused persons, including Patience Botre and Sarah J, who've been accused of stealing money, more than $1 million and other items from Madame Cecilia Dapas, matrimonial home, turned up in court today. Madame Cecilia Dapas' lawyer was in court to watch brief for her. 
apart from patients, Botri and Sarajay, who have been accused of stealing the money, the others have been accused of dishonestly receiving the various sums of money. The state told the court they had concluded investigations with respect to A6, the husband of one of the lactating mothers who has been accused of dishonestly receiving money from the alleged stolen monies from the matrimonial home of Madame Cecilia Dapam. He's been accused of using the money he received to buy a house at Kukrubete here in Accra. His bail is in respect of the completion of investigations regarding his role in the stolen items. The court thus granted him bail to the sum of 300,000 Ghana cities with two charities to be justified. The state further asked for two more weeks for them to conclude the investigations. Meanwhile, the two lactating mothers who were granted bail to the sum of 1 million Ghana cities are yet to satisfy the bail conditions given them by the courts. Their lawyers say the bail conditions are so rigid that satisfying them has been an arduous task. The court has adjourned the case to the feet of September to enable the prosecutors conclude their investigations. Reporting from the court, my name is Richard Kwejonyakun for Joy News. And as we've said, the OSP is currently investigating Madame Cecilia Abnadapa on transactions over the period on her bank account and also seeking the court to uphold the freezing of these accounts. There's more when you log on to myjoyonline.com. Away from that to some other stories, Imani Ghana is calling for the scrapping of the report by Parliament's Energy uh, Committee on the GNPC-Gensa deal as it describes the Energy Committee's report clearing the deal as inaccurate and one-sided. The deal involves provision of 15 million standard cubic feet of raw gas daily to Gensa Energy. Both the Africa Centre for Energy Policy, ASEP, and the Imani Centre for Policy and Education alleged and petitioned Parliament that Ghana under the deal will buy gas for $95.8 million and sell to Gensa for $43.5 million, accounting for a $1.5 billion financial loss to the state. The Parliamentary Select Committee on Mines and Energy says its investigations into the deal revealed no irregularities. Founding president of Imani Africa, Franklin Kujo, says the report must be set aside. We'll get to hear from him shortly, but first listen to the ranking member on the committee, John Ginapo, who says the report does not reflect the views of the minority. Let me put on record that that committee's report does not reflect the views of the entire membership of the committee. Immediately, the chairman put out that report. As ranking member who represents the minority side, I issued a counter-report. I issued a statement denouncing the report stating that the report is inaccurate, contains factual inaccuracies, baseless assumptions, and does not reflect what the committee was supposed to do. And so let me put on record that the minority is not part of that committee's report in terms of its findings. We disagree in its entirety with the assumptions and, more importantly, with the conclusions. The committee was tasked to ensure that we deal with the critical issue of value for money. That has not been addressed. And so please don't associate us with that report. It does not reflect the value for money and that there are huge losses to the state. So this attempt to box us together is most unfortunate. And I've issued a formal statement to that effect. But more importantly, the Speaker has referred this very matter to the Committee of Mines and Energy and the Committee of Finance. We are yet to sit on this whole agreement. I think that that will afford Parliament the opportunity to do a much more detailed job and come up with its findings in a fair and transparent manner. 
We can now hear from the founding president of Imani Africa, Franklin Kujo, asking for a total scrapping of the particular report. The question really you ask, which is what should be done now, is so that report to be shredded and then go back and the committee should be probably reconsidered and then accept that they made very inaccurate uh, conclusions and that a new report ought to be uh, factually written and presented to the public. You know, my worry essentially is that this is the same committee led by my good friend Natasha that almost approved a $1.1 billion acre deal. At the end of the day, we sold that deal for $1, underline $1. Otherwise, if the, if his report, if his committee were, were that very, uh, should I say, serious, I don't think we're going to, I mean, <laughs> I don't think we're going to pay so much for that particular deal. And so, for me, I think the jury is out now. Mm. I think the report was one-sided, and it needs to go back to the drawing table so that we have a truly representative report. Unfortunately, what they failed to grasp is that by just investing $70 million in transmission infrastructure, we could have avoided these losses they are talking about, which has led to a hoping almost $1.5 billion payment in subsidies to this GENSA company we are talking about. I mean, this is not a sweeter deal. This is a haste. Really, I mean, I don't see how <laughs> sensible this deal is to the country at all. Well, let's bring in uh, the chairman of uh, Parliament's Mines and Energy Committee. Thankfully, joins us via Zoom. Mr. Samuel Atachia, thank you so much uh, for joining us here on Joy News Prime. So we've heard the description given to this particular report, um, counter-report. We are told about factual inaccuracies and it's one-sided amongst others. We've been hearing from your ranking member, John Ginapo, on this. It does not reflect the minority's view. How is it that we put out a report that the minority had raised concerns about? It's very unfortunate, and I keep saying that um, Rankin is daring me to expose him. If he, you see, he's becoming duplicitous and it's mendacious posture. If he pushes me, I will expose him. Because at the end of the day, the report was put on a platform in which all the members of the committee had the opportunity to look at and give their input. Thereafter, we converged one-on-one. We all seated together. And he came out with the same errors. He didn't even appreciate that there was an interpretation section to the amended, I mean, uh, Garcia's agreement. It was an underdog of the committee, somebody who's never been a minister, who showed him that you are totally wrong. And he buckled. Thereafter, he said, okay, um, he, he accepts the fact that Iman and Asif were wrong. And this, these are matters that we have it on the platform. I'm, I'm trying to respect the protocols of parliament because if Anybody wants to say that Atatia has a posture of trying to be detectorial and then I sat in my bedroom and wrote a report, I'm going to expose this gentleman. And I'm warning him on this platform. For example, he's just told, I mean, the whole world that in relation to the referral of uh, these matters to the Joint Committee of Mines and Energy and then um, the finance, finance, and then this motion. I was not in the chamber to second the motion. Where was it coming from? What motion was it that I was in the chamber? I didn't even know that it's moved the motion. And subsequently, I came to the chamber and I got to hear that, oh, because he was dissatisfied with the sole position he took and was defeated by his own members. Otabu mm. Bua was there, Kabna Donko was there, Bawa, and the rest of them said, no, your posture is wrong. Now he believes that he should find a way to move a motion because he's also a member of the uh, finance committee. Uh, I mean, of Parliament, 
and get a second bite at the cherry. How pathetic. So, so, so clarify for us, Mr. Tachia, what you're saying yeah. is that we've heard Mr. John Ginapo dissociate. Distance themselves from. I'm turning around to capture something in the report. In this report, with the greatest of respect, if you pay regard to page eight of the report, six point one, his his views are captured clearly. Mm-hmm. Which are one, which is the issue of the delivered gas price and what he thought was uh, it was, and here he even said, uh, I mean, he comes to uh, the conclusion that Imani accept computation of the. A fantasy sum of $1.5 billion is wrong. It's captured. Mm. And it's not only in this report, it's on the platform. Mm. You see what I mean? And then this is what the majority said. The rest of the members of the committee disagreed with him. Not the entire minority members, but him, ranking member. Okay. These are the sad words. So mm. I find it very strange. And now, maybe because of the full implications of he going solo, he wants to rope in the rest of the minority on the committee who said, no, we won't go with you. Mm-hmm. was one. Boa was one. These are not ordinary men. People who have been in the ministry. So I find it very weird. And the clerks are there. I mean, if you want to do investigative journalism and want to be serious, I don't want to be sort of blowing my trumpet. The clerks were there. It was a sitting. It was not in my bedroom. What kind of impression are you creating? But substantively, substantively though, Mr. Tachia, is that this particular report, whether the minority were with you on it or not, uh, which is another issue that we can talk about subsequently. Imani, we've heard from Ghana Gas Senior Staff Association, the concern is that in spite of this particular report that has been put out by the parliamentary committee that you chair, they have concerns about this particular deal. The substantive issue is that we are going to be at a loss. For which reason they were hoping that Parliament would have stopped this deal. And it, it doesn't look like that's what Parliament did. You did as a disservice, is the concern. Well, let me say Afro. Ghana Gas, Imani, and then Rankin, and of course Herald, they sing the same song. So we don't expect them to say otherwise. Mm. In fact, they do not have even the intellectual humility to say that they erred. Because this is Imani, the exalted Imani, that they didn't even make their so-called write-up referable to the contractors. Breaching the old department room, because if they had met them, they would have shown them that you're just using one light item of gas price to assess the whole contract. Mm. But the other components to amortize the cost of investment and the rest of it, contained in the very document that you said you read, but they didn't come to tell you the full stuff. So I don't expect much from Imani because if Imani today is intellectually humble, they say that, well, we ate. They won't say so. I don't expect Inapur to do the same. Mm. And I don't expect, uh, uh, what's it called, the um, uh, Herald and the rest of them who are um, and the Ghana gas. Party. 
GMPC and uh, Jensa were all captured. Mm. But, but, but would you say, them. would you say, even though you say that all views were captured, the substantive thing is for Parliament to have done due diligence on our behalf as a people. Would you what say that from what you did, would you say that from what you've done in terms of this particular deal, it serves the interests of us as a country? So that's the conclusion of the entire committee, mm. except John Yenabo. Very much so. And guess what? The uh, members of the uh, minority on the committee mm-hmm. are very serious energy experts. Campaign of is like an encyclopedia of energy. All of them. It's not, it's not even the majority to say that it's an, I mean, an, an MPP scheme. No. And if you've lost on the arguments and intellectual arguments, say so that they disagree with you. But do not try to pretend that the rest of the minority of the committee are with you. They are not with you. And the evidence is there to show. Okay. Today, if, if, if you want to go and talk to them personally, they will confirm it. That is what happened. And it's very, very distasteful. We shouldn't come to this point. But guess what? I have been very, very fair that his dissenting views are captured. Okay. If it's not palatable, that's what it is. But you see, let me warn everybody. Parliament is not called upon to rewrite contracts for people. If you believe that this is a criminal arrangement to, I mean, mess up this country, you know what to do. You go to court and have it declared that it should be set aside because it's an unconscionable bargain. Okay. Parliament will not rewrite contracts for anybody. Parliament will, re- will just say that is it in accordance with law and make recommendations. So please, we shouldn't sit down there and somebody is touting that, oh, um, um, uh, we, should, we should write a contract okay. again. Okay. And what is, and what is Franklin saying about ACA? ACA nev- has never come to me as a chairman of the committee. Okay. Mr. Atacha, we'll have to leave it here for now. We appreciate your company. From what you say is that everything you did is in accordance with the law. We are grateful uh, for your time and um, definitely uh, would have subsequent uh, conversations on this particular GENSA GMPC deal. That's the chairman of Parliament's Mines and Energy Committee, Samuel Atacha. Now let's do politics. And this is your election headquarters. We are getting ready for the Super Delegates Congress on Saturday. But the front runner in the governing New Patriotic Party's presidential race, one of them, John Alan Kujuchemanting, has called on the delegates to listen to the cries of the people, insisting he represents the surest tool for an NPP victory in the 2024 general elections. As the party looks set to this weekend, Super Delegates Congress, Alan. to him and so are the kinmakers the delegates he's appealing to them to dig deep and consider the interests of the larger populace in arriving at the decision as delegates you are representing not only your own interests but also the interests of the rank and file of our party what the rank and file of our party are asking for is that they need a new leader who will satisfy 
five basic conditions. They are looking for a leader who will help our party to break the eight in 2024 and help NPP to succeed itself in power. The 67-year-old Alan is an indigent of Patasi near Kumase in the Ashanti region, considered the political world bank of the MPP. The region also holds the highest number of delegates in the MPP. But recent improved showings by the opposition NDC, especially in the 2020 elections, seems to have drowned home the need for the MPP to select a candidate that will resonate well with the region. Member of Parliament for Botiano English among from constituency, Sylvester Tete, says there's no better choice than Alan Chematin. So go to the market. If you're a party executive, it's a party delegate. I'm saying that the popularity of Alan Chematin in the Shanti region was tested when we did the drill. So work. The numbers that turned up, we have not had that number in so many years. So it tells you the popularity of Alan Chamantin. Everybody should put his popularity out there. As a party delegate, they are mobilized, they are organized, because the leader is coming, come and meet him. But those that you don't organize, that organically, they come out of their own to cheer you, to welcome you, to believe in your message, those are the people we are targeting. For elections, for us, two-tier elections, the super delegates, and then the November fourth election. For super delegates, it's a foregone conclusion that five people will be selected, and obviously, Alan Chamantin is one of the five that will be selected. So yes, we have uh, uh, August twenty-sixth super delegate. We are we are clear in our minds that we are part of it. That does not make you a flag bearer of a party. What makes you a flag bearer of a party is the November fourth elections that will make you the flag bearer of a party, and that is the ultimate prize we are targeting. And we are convinced that come November. Faith, Alan Shermantin will be the flag bearer of our party, and we are convinced about that. But surely there must be more to the candidate than just a name and longevity. Alan Shermantin has hopes in his 10 point agenda to transform and modernize the MPP by 2030 and lead the country to economic growth and prosperity. There are three things that I want to draw your attention to. First is about inclusiveness. I want to run a government by the people, for the people, and of the people. The it is about technology and innovation. The technology and innovation allows for inclusiveness. The is about mobilization of money. But before contesting the presidency on the ticket of the MPP, Alan must first win the hearts of the superdelegates this weekend and the over 200,000 delegates in November. Some recent survey tipped the vice president to win the superdelegates election. But spokesperson for the Alan campaign, Yabu Abena Samoa, says the superdelegates congress is not about popularity. At this time, at this time that we are going to have that conference, I really think it's so unnecessary. I think it's just a, a distraction from, from normal campaigning that one has to stop and, and go and, and organize oneself over 16 regions in order to conduct a process that has no bearing on popularity. So, so really, um, maybe in future, as a party, we need to look at that constitutional provision and make it more flexible. Member of Parliament for Lambushi in the Northern Region, Bright Bache, says Alan represents hope independence and humility. Adam Kujuchiramantin is someone even members of other political parties are craving for.
that once we bring him, they will, they, will, they will support us to make him present because they see the value in him, they see the substance in him, they see the quality in him. His capacity to build this country is what everybody, and that is why I stood out from amongst all the Northern MPs to say Alan is the person. There's clearly a tough road ahead to the Jubilee House, but Alan John Kojosha Martin is counting on the Lord for electoral victory. As I proceed on this journey, which is filled with trials and tribulations. But I've always put my trust in God. I've always put my trust in God. And I've been guided by Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16. Trust in God with all your heart. Do not rely on your own judgment. In all things, give praise and thanks to him. And he shall make your path straight. And that has been my guiding spirit. I would like to thank all of you for the outpouring of love and the show of affection. And well, that's um, a focus on Alan Kojo Chematin. We'll focus on other candidates subsequently. Let's take a quick break here on Join News Prime. We'll return with more stories. Please do stay with us. My name is Tina. I am a person living with HIV. I got to know my HIV status after I gave birth and lost the child because of HIV. In those days, prevention of mother-to-child transmission services had low patronage due to fear and stigmatization. Today, many HIV-positive women have delivered negative children. I follow the guidelines and take my HIV medicine called ARVs every day as prescribed by my doctor. This makes me strong and healthy and also prevents me from passing HIV onto any future child. Please, avail yourself for PMTCT services when pregnant. It is the only way to ensure you do not pass the HIV onto your baby during birth or pregnancy. If you have tested for HIV recently and it was negative, test again when pregnant. If you have tested positive, go to the hospital after birth as directed by your healthcare provider. Your baby will be given medicine immediately and tested to ensure baby and mother are well. Let us work together to have an HIV-free generation. Our children must be free to shine. Number. The malaria will not be down, eh? Charlie, no joke. 
fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthometer and Lumefantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. It feels like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school. Mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one. But if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur, then you already are. Staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need chop better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working tortoise on it. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Hi, now let me share my wildlife experience with you at Safari Valley Eco Park. 
welcome to Safari Valley Apple Park. Our electric shuttle pulled up and in no time our tour began. We were surrounded by a wildlife from the moment we entered the Eco Park. We were greeted by experienced tour guides who took us through orientation and how to better enjoy the experience. Watch these animals roam freely in their natural habitat undisturbed by our presence. We saw zebras, sable antelopes, brown cranes, mara, silky chicken, yalas, Shetland ponies, and so many animals I just couldn't keep up. Our tour guides taught us so much about the wildlife, their behavior, and how to interact with them. I even fed them. We also went fishing on a man-made canal. Then we took a break to have lunch in this serene environment. All this amazing experience for this price for adults? This price for teenagers. It's a bargain. As the sun began to set, it was time to go back home, but not before dinner by the campfire. It has been a thrill of a lifetime and I can't wait till my next visit. Safari Valley Eco Park, bringing you closer to nature. Yemen Saudi border between March 2022 and June 2023. asked migrants which body parts they wanted to be shot before executing them at close range. For more on this, uh, let me take you live to Ethiopian capital Addis Ababa to speak to the deputy editor-in-chief of the Ethiopian Herald newspaper, Zacharias Wardemarian, who has joined us via Zoom. Thank you so much for joining us here on Joining Channel here in Ghana. Let's talk about the prevalence, how high it is um, of these migrant issues at the border between Ethiopia and Saudi Arabia. Yes, okay, thank you. Uh, just for your information, uh, actually there is no border, physical border between uh, Saudi Arabia and Ethiopia. Uh, but uh, uh, due to the uh, high level of promotional works that these illegal uh, migrants or human traffickers work on uh, to give a very good or beautiful picture of the destination countries like Saudi Arabia, mm -hmm. uh, just uh, these uh, illegal migrants or victims of uh, human traffickers dare to cross the dangerous roads of uh, uh, that take to uh, neighboring countries like Somalia, Sudan, uh, and Djibouti, and they dare to cross the dangerous uh, 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 journey through boats to uh, finally make their ways to Saudi Arabia. Uh, mm. And uh, just uh, as you said, uh, how rampant uh, human trafficking has been a very uh, long ingrained problem for uh, more than a decade or a decade or two and mm. uh, claiming the lives of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people from uh, countries uh, of developing countries, entire developing countries, uh, uh, Africa, the whole of Africa and mainly the Horn of Africa, including Ethiopia for the past couple of decades mm -hmm. uh, and uh, these kinds of uh, uh, mass crackdown in destination countries like Saudi Arabia has been uh, taking place for uh, more than 10 years for instance 
very notorious uh, uh, just uh, crackdown of illegal migrants uh, has been taking place in Saudi Arabia, for instance, uh, 10 years ago, uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, uh, victims of uh, illegal uh, migration or human trafficking has taken place, uh, creating a very much uproar in uh, countries like Ethiopia and all origins of uh, human uh, uh, illegal migrants in the Horn of Africa. Okay. So this has been a very rampant and a very notorious problem uh, every year uh, in these countries. Well, interestingly, yeah. we are yet to have an official uh, report also from Saudi Arabia on the Human Rights Watch allegations that they've made between the period 2022 and 2023. But let's talk about uh, the trade and security in the region impacted, how it's been impacted, especially between Ethiopia and Saudi Arabia, you'd say. Yes, uh, but You know, just uh, the statement advised everyone to exercise maximum restraint until the government uh, carries out uh, uh, investigation jointly with the government of uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, to uh, until uh, the investigation uh, is done, uh, they do not uh, take any action okay. and, until that. That's uh, what, what has been so far. Did the statements give any timelines as to when they are expecting uh, anything, any interaction between the two governments? No. Were there any timelines that were giving? No, no. Uh, okay. The statement doesn't specify any time, but you know the, they will soon conduct investigation in, co- in close collaboration with the uh, Saudi authorities, uh, okay. and they are maximum restraints to uh, to everyone from uh, concluding uh, based on these uh, reports, which still. Uh, which is still an allegation and has, still has to be verified. Mm. Okay. Yes. But what, what generally would you say is the talk in Ethiopia considering the disturbing details of this particular Human Rights Watch report? Yeah, actually, uh, uh, just uh, uh, whether uh, based on the reports of the Human Rights Watch or, or not, you know, uh, this uh, uh, mass crackdown or uh, reports uh, reports of alleged mass execution of uh, illegal migrants uh, comes as a traumatic uh, experience among Ethiopians because uh, just uh, uh, it's uh, we are used to uh, reports uh, uh, of uh, ma- uh, mass uh, uh, violation of human rights of uh, illegal migrants or uh, those who are rounded up as uh, illegal migrants who are victims of human trafficking in Saudi Arabia. And uh, the continuous violation of human rights, whether these uh, people are uh, illegal migrants or not, the way they are handled uh, by authorities in Saudi Arabia is uh, al- uh, always a disturbing okay. report. Because, yeah. Okay. So uh, this report, whether verified or not, it is mm-hmm. a, a still a disturbing one for yeah. uh, many, many people in Ethiopia. Okay. Zacharias, we are grateful uh, for your company this evening here on Joy News Prime. We'll leave it here. Thank you so much. Uh, he joins us all the way from Ethiopia. Now, back home here in Accra, the economy has been unforgiving, but for Johannes and Elijah, abject rural poverty had made it even more unbearable. But the double blow of an economic crisis and rural life had done nothing to weaken their resolve to get a better life in the city.
In our stories of hope, the first in the series, Mamiesi Nyamiche Thompson tells the story of Johannes and Elijah. Welcome to Accra. Here, to survive, one needs to be resourceful, resilient, and master all ingenuities to create a space to call home. Meet 27-year-old Johannes. He aspires to make it big in Accra. He lives in this kiosk in the heart of Spintex, the retail hub. I end up here after my senior high school education. Then I called my brother that I need to work, and he said I should come. So when I came, he got me a place. Yeah. I, I never know, people used to sleep in wooden structure. I never see some before. Johannes's journey from KJB was tarred with hope and expectation. A good job to live his dream. The water region of KJB for him had become stale. I want to be a politician. I want to go and do political science. Okay. Yeah. But as time goes on, the dream changed. To? Yeah, football. Go back in school, I used to play. But I've never had it in my mind because it's my passion, but I never thought of being a footballer. But when I come to Accra, I mean, training with people, going to play football at places, so now mm. things have to change. And I try pushing myself, I mean, traveled out of Ghana. His new estate is crammed with countless wooden structures carved out by dream hopefuls to the pathway of their desired future. And Johannes's home is one out of 140,637 locks to find their feet in the city. The limited access to proper housing forces 8.8 million Ghanaians, 27% of the population, to live in slums. The numbers are likely to go up as the urban centers continue to look attractive to the youth from the hinterlands like Johannes. It is mid-morning in the estates. Johannes and his friend Elijah get ready to go to work at the biscuit factory located about 500 meters from where they live. The estate is a gold mine of cheap labor for the factories and shops in the neighborhood, which they mine every now and then for their businesses. As a factory mechanic, Johannes earns a little above 1,000 cities a month. This caters for his rent, remittances to his family, and everyday expenses. There are a lot of things in my mind to achieve. But here, like the case, I have siblings in school, one in nurses training, mm-hmm. recently one complete senior high. So they do call, I may say, my dad is no more. So it's like pressure is on. With more than 5.4 million residents in Accra trying to make ends meet, Johannes is carefully looking to carve a niche for himself. He's working on opening a bread shop in addition to his factory work. Where the system push you to, 
that's where you move. Yes. Mm. Now the system is hard. You can't decide to make things comfortable for yourself. It's impossible. Yeah. So you when the systems try, you strike. The aim is to amass enough money to further his football career outside the country. I have a work, my hand work, a big bread. So right now, that's what I want to focus for now. I want to get container and then buy materials and start baking. Then I'll see the way forward. I really won't rely on company money, the place I work, but I see that now. It can't match. His friend Elijah wants to further his education and eventually become a journalist. When we wake up in the morning, all we do is maybe go to the farm. After farm, you come, you eat, yeah, you go out, you play, come back to the house, bath, you sleep. That was the life there. Yeah, but uh, since we have to move forward. That story is of hope with Mami Senior Mitchell Thompson. We'll take a quick break. You're enjoying each brand. We're back with showbiz. Please stay. the concrete I'm messing the with quality. Swimming to warm on the good camera amount. So what am I? A fiena, dodoa, a flower, bong, and in patemuni nara. Your office. I was printed road. You never buy a restaurant in the different room. Free SCP was zero five zero one six seven two six zero eight. And toll free number zero eight hundred six two six two six two. Betway is your gateway to a theme park full of gaming excitement. A whirlpool of wonder where your favorite games come to life. Where you can take to the skies with max payouts that reach into the millions. All in the palm of your hand. Visit betway.com.gh. Terms and conditions apply. Betway is regulated by the Gaming Commission of Ghana. No under 18. Bet responsibly. Betway. Bet your way. When you're a little, days are extremely busy. Work. Traffic jams. Meetings. Conference calls. Luckily, our mom is here to take good care of us with day-by-day baby and day-by-day kids and their naturally active ingredients. Our skin is hydrated, soothed, and protected all day long. Yes, hello. There are days when you think, whoa, today I've earned it. So order a global. Days when plans run longer. What if we order a global? Or days when you can't control everything. Oh yes, because on global, you can order anything you want. Global, you order, we deliver.
Private Investment Limited. What's in showbiz? <laughs> For those of you who uh, Castle, um, as I told you yesterday, and today is still all about the celebration of art and culture. Now, I got here not long ago, and I've been attracted by all these artworks that I'm surrounded by. I go over to talk to most of the artists who are partaking in the 13th edition of the Chaliwate Festival. Hello, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. What's your name? My name is Charity Debbie Katie. Tell me more. Join me here. Yes. Tell me more about this beautiful artwork. It's 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 like. Like I see um, a man, I see a woman, I see a lot. Tell me more. Okay, so um, both of these artworks, especially this one, talks about um, slavery and especially the focus on Afro-Brazilian slaves um, and the way they were able to leave um, Brazil and come back to Ghana in 1836 and eventually settled in um, Jamestown. So most times I would do my work on bleached fabric, not the conventional use of canvas as you okay. always So this do. is a bleached fabric? Yes. So oh. I prepare this myself. I tie it like the way you tie tie-dye and then I, I use bleach on it and then at the end of the day I have accidental patterns. And are these, what are these? These are cow horns. Cow horns? Yes. I'm just trying to picture a cow. <laughs> so you just cut them into pieces? Yeah, I cut them into pieces and arrange them in a figure portrait and I weave them with a fishing line to create my portraits to tell stories about we the blacks and how important cow horn is it to us, but rather we pay less attention to it. We rather see it as a waste product, but we don't take much attention to it. So I cut them into pieces and try to make figure out of it. That is really interesting. How long did it take for you to make this one? It, it took me about four to five weeks. He's speaking to patrons who are here uh, on their thoughts about the. Tomorrow continues till uh, Saturday and, and Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we're, looking we're going there this weekend yeah, with our hot shots, you know. It's all about Chaluwati. We paint our faces. And I cannot and wait for the, you know, musical festival yeah. that will happen. Yeah, yeah our favorite will be performing. Yeah. But let me take you all the way to the U.S. because Sarah Sings, she is having her first uh, debut album and also a concert in Delaware. She's been telling us all about it.
especially invite you to come bring your friends, bring your family members. And it is going to be an amazing time in the presence of God. Calipo, 
their natural fruit juice drink. This advert is FDA My name is John, and this is my long-time crush. My cookie dipped in strawberry yogurt. On this scorching hot afternoon on our way back from a long job hunt, we met this good Samaritan who offered us a ride. Six weeks later. Big night is a special wedding reception for her bride and groom. And there she is, my cookie, dipped in someone else's yogurt. Don't be like John, who holds the mullah, calls the shots, play game by games, the easiest lottery to play and win. It's four numbers from zero to nine up to three times daily to become one of our daily lucky winners. Dial star nine four six hash to play now. Or you can also play online at www.gameparkgames.com. Game Park is regulated by the National Lottery Authority. Brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Good evening, welcome to Prime Business with me, Pius Kujobaka. To our very first story, government has kick-started the process to pay first coupon on the new debt exchange program. Maturing from today, Finance Minister Ken Ufuriata in a tweet on social media noted that instructions have gone out for some 2.4 billion cities to be released to aid the payment. George Yafe has the rest of the story. The payments will go to individuals and institutions that exchange their old bonds for the new ones under the domestic direction program at the end of February this year. Joy Business understands that even though most of these bonds that were exchanged are maturing today, actual payment should start from tomorrow. This should mean that it could take about two days for these bondholders to have their monies hit the account. 
Therefore, starting the process today will ensure that... The process demonstrates government's commitment and credibility of the domestic debt exchange program. Associate Professor of Finance at Andrews University, Professor Williams Pipra, is optimistic that this would bring back confidence into the economy. This particular um, situation is very important um, to um, Ghanaians and also bringing confidence back into the economy. Um, this, this was based on the, the the debt exchange program plan that um, government um, told the whole world that this is how we're going to go about it. So I was not expecting that government will have a, a plan in a way to default. Um, this is something that they may have to make sure that it is paid on 27th and 28th as has been planned. It's an important future of the whole structure of the debt exchange program. If something should happen, it may have an impact on the standard debt, um, standard creditors um, evaluations and, and the uh, cocoa bonds indications and the rest. That is the discussion that are ongoing. So this is very, very important and it's good news. Um, it, it points to the fact that probably um, government is trying getting back some kind of liquidity also into the system to be able to meet its debts. And it may give an indication that uh, probably the rating agencies or we have to change their mind on the ratings given to Ghana because once we start paying our debts locally, um, it gives a signal that um, we are in a little bit of a better position to be able to honour our debts. Now, the Parliamentary Select Committee on Mines and Energy says its investigations into the deal between the Ghana National Petroleum Corporation and Gensa Energy Ghana Limited has revealed no irregularities. This follows claims by civil society groups, including Imani Africa and Africa Center for Energy Policy, ISEP, that Ghana buys gas for $95.8 million and sells to Ghana for $43.5 million, accounting for $1.5 billion financial loss to the state. But concluding its 11-month-long investigation, the Parliamentary Select Committee described the computation methods used by ISEP and Imani as faulty. Details of the Parliamentary Committee indicate that the country stands to benefit from the deal in terms of job creation and energy sector security. The report added that the country will make savings to the tune of $1.462 billion, as GNPC will lose $1.462 billion if um, Jensel moved to uh, Wakunet back. Also, there will be a reduction in transmission losses by $480 million once the Ameri plant is relocated to Kumasi and made operational. In some other stories, the Public Utilities Regulatory Commission, PURC, has announced an increase in electricity and water tariffs by 4.22% and 1.18% respectively. Now, effective 1st September, this comes on the back of a conclusion of regulatory process for the quarterly adjustment of tariff by the PURC. The quarterly tariff review mechanism aims to track and incorporate changes in key factors in used in determining natural gas, electricity and water tariffs. Um, let's hear or let's share some excess of the statements issued by the PURC on that uh, with you. 
There you go. It reads, the Public Utilities Regulatory Commission has concluded its regulatory process for the quarterly adjustments of tariff um, for the third quarter of 2023. The process is in conformity with the quarterly tariff review mechanisms and guidelines as communicated in the Commission's August 2022 major um, tariff review decisions. Now, the objectives of the third quarter tariff review um, goes as follows. One, to track and incorporate changes in key factors used in determining electricity, water, and natural gas tariffs. Now, let me quickly jump to point two, where it reads to reduce the cross-subsidization um, between industrial consumers and residential customers. This is to address the high electricity cost for industrial customers, which has been repeatedly identified in the AGI business barometer as a key challenge affecting the competitiveness of Ghanaian businesses in the global marketplace. Thus, this reduction will support the growth and competitiveness of industry and as part of a significant contribution towards Ghana's industrialization drive and enhance opportunities for job creation. And finally, to ensure that the utilities are financial viable or financially viable to sustain supply of services while reducing the burden on consumers, especially lifeline customers. And we've been getting reactions to that. And Executive Secretary of the Food and Beverages Association of Ghana, Samuel Agri, says the tariff adjustment will not affect industry operations. According to him, the increase is marginal and will not be passed on to consumers. Yeah. For the first time, the PUSB has uh, really considered the industry uh, at hand and um, announcing the increment. This will not affect industry as such, but then they don't use it. So electricity, as uh, they are saying, is going up by 4.22% uh, for domestic users. And then uh, for water, it's also going up by 1.18%. Um, with this increase, I would have wished they have gone ahead uh, to make an announcement of uh, uh, categorical uh, downward trend for industry, so that at least we can see that industry can also benefit from this. Uh, but nonetheless, there, there has not been any increase yet, and um, if it will go that way. Now, the Ghana Investment Promotion GIPC says it will soon roll out new regulations that will enhance the capacity of local enterprises to facilitate and boost foreign direct investments. According to the chief executive of the GIPC, Yofi Grant, they will create an avenue for mobilizing and harnessing the resources and skills of Ghanaian diaspora community to invest in Ghana to accelerate economic growth. He was speaking at the second edition of the CEO's breakfast meeting in Accra, with a specific focus on local content empowerment through partnerships. Here's more. The second edition of the 2023 CEO's Breakfast Meeting brought together both local and foreign investors to deliberate on how to empower and maximize local content participation in harnessing the country's resources through partnerships. Speaking to Joy Business on the sidelines of the event, CEO of the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, Yofi Grant, said they will soon roll out regulations to enhance the capacity of local businesses to propel foreign direct investments. Ghana, significantly, is also minerals rich, resource rich. So we need to create the relationships that inure to our benefit. How do we partner with foreign direct investment and local enterprise to create a very conducive business environment that becomes, I mean, the toast of Africa? That is the question that we need to do, and that is what we are working with at GIPC. 
conversations with the agencies, conversations with the private sector, and private sector business ensures that we are coming out with new regulations that will facilitate foreign direct investment, that will partner consistently with local enterprise. Back in a speech during a panel discussion, President of AGI, Humphrey Enyimdake, stressed on the need for government to outline a clear objective of improving FDIs in the country. Most countries' primary objective of the said FDI interventions. What is your, your game plan or what is your goal for attraction of FDI? FDI is good, but it has come through evolution through a period and each FDI transaction is peculiar to a geographical location with a clear objective of the government. Is it for purposes of job creation or is it for the purposes of technology transfer? And if in the said contest, when you fast forward it to today's activities, these evolutions have perfected the best practices of FDI engagement. The second edition of the 2023 CEO's Breakfast Meeting seeks to enhance the investment climate in Ghana for both Ghanaian and non-Ghanaian enterprises. On investment, some investors and businesses have warned of diversion of more foreign direct investments if government fails to introduce some more tax incentives to local firms. This, they say, is key to job creation to support economic growth, according to the Chief Financial Officer for B5 Plus Group Limited, um, Ghana stands a better chance to attract more investors if it continues to create a conducive business environment for these investors. He spoke to Joy Business. National Business Honors serves as Ghana's flagship awards program, recognizing and rewarding excellence across all sectors. Chalipati called for more public-private partnership. If uh, the businesses have to be uh, uh, it have to be supported, they should be given more tax incentives. The more tax incentives, you should allow more foreign direct investment into the country by giving you know attractive incentives to them. Definitely, I'll tell you, I have worked in many countries, and Ghana is one of the best companies. The people are very good. They speak very good English. You are blessed with lovely beaches, very good uh, you know landscapes. You can invest, uh, people can come and invest a lot of money on tourism. So there is a lot of positivity, actually. Managing director for Age Hotel, Joseph Tetenate, bemoaned the high taxes affecting the hospitality industry. You know, directly, we do a lot of direct costs uh, when it comes to food. And uh, our business operations is dependent on food. Um, but like I said, we, we're focusing more on giving the customers the best um, and to absorb the cost. So next year going, we know how to re-strategize because our budgets were prepared for the year before all these costs came into play. But uh, we, we're cool. We're working in line. We're satisfying our customers with good meals. Um, others are finding their fit, but we have been able to manage ourselves and it's working perfectly for us as we speak. Group financial controller at the Environment and Sanitation Group at Jospon Group, Adokalo Potu Paolo, called for a reduction in interest rate to save businesses. It's the economy really affects us. The exchange rate really affected us earlier on, but things are quite stabilizing. So um, our CEO is, uh, is very strong and he, he wouldn't wait for the money to come in. He would actually go and look for money to do these things in advance. And it's very 
waiting on the company. So um, we hope that money will flow faster in the in the country and pay for the um, investments that we do because we pre-finance a lot of things. The national business owners seek to recognize companies and individuals for their visionary leadership. Now, players within the network marketing industry are calling for more sensitization programs to support the space. According to them, this would clear the misconception of many describing the operations as fraudulent, according to one star director. marketing for six solid months but what brought me into it is when i use the Network marketing is far away from that. About eight illegality is far away from that. But there's a thin line between network marketing and Ponzi schemes and scams. So if you open up yourself, open up your mind, get educated, I think we can all get to embrace it, understand it, and spread the news better. Part of efforts to harness the opportunities in the non-traditional export sector, Fidelity Bank Ghana has launched the Fidelity Exporters Club with the signing of a memorandum of understanding with the Federation of Association of Ghanaian Exporters, an umbrella organization representing over 1,200 exporters companies and 22 sub-associations. More in the following reports. According to the World Bank, exports of goods and services as a percentage of gross domestic product in Ghana was 29.91% in 2021, indicating a positive effect of trade on the economy. Managing Director for Fidelity Bank Ghana, Julian Kingsley-Oponi, expressed the bank's readiness to help strengthen the infrastructure required to give certainty around the growth of the sector. In the past, banks are used to sitting back and formulating products off the back of the fact that we assume what we know what they need. The idea of doing this is to work from the exporter back to the bank. What are their challenges? What support do they need? And so once we understand that, then the formulation of our products around even the interest that you will charge, around the term, how you structure loans, how you structure other support, then becomes a lot more relevant. And it's also not only about access to finance. It's about how we support them and get other partners to help support them in the regulatory environment, um, support for um, documentation, certification, etc. interest rate for comments against agribusiness and that is exactly what we've been doing seeing all this year that if we can create another funding to take care of it so we are looking that i know currently the likes of uh, the how do you call massacre foundation is doing 10 percent for backlist we are looking at uh how do you call fidelity doing between seven to nine percent for for our club 
some exporters who spoke to Joy Business say they are optimistic the partnership will create a significant impact in the sector. This partnership is it's a difference between night and day. At least it's the beginning of seeing light in, in, this, in this system because nobody, no bank has come up and signed up with uh, uh, exporters wanting to know what they do so that together we can solve it because what we export affects everybody including all of us standing here. Um, I'm very happy today to be part of this um, event. It's a the historical event in the sense that the bank has made a move um, not only to show interest in exporters' activities, but to give concrete help and assistance and support, which is something that we have lacked for quite a while. The Fidelity Exporters Club is in collaboration with the Development Bank Ghana. More news. Government spent 63 billion cities on decent work and sustainable economic growth in 2022. That's according to Ghana's 2022 Sustainable Development Goals Budget and Expenditure Report. The report added that the Sustainable Development Goal 8 is the most invested goal among the 17 SDGs. Here's more. The Ministry of Finance led the voluntary national review of the Sustainable Development Goals in tracking allocations and spending in a bid to promote sustainable economic growth and employment for all. The government budgeted 63 billion CDs for SDG 8 against an actual expenditure of 55 billion CDs. A breakdown of the report showed that about 564.6 million CDs was invested in micro small and medium-scale enterprises through the Ghana Enterprises Agency. The Microfinance and Small Loans Center, Maslock, also dispersed a total of 2.32 million CDs to 1,247 microcredit beneficiaries and 248,000 CDs to 13 small loans beneficiaries. An amount of 63 million CDs was also allocated to metropolitan, municipal and district assemblies, with the Volta, Central and Eastern regions being the regions with the highest allocations respectively. The report added an undisclosed amount from the 60. guidelines for genome editing and stack genes in September this year, speaking at a workshop for scientists on biotechnology. Chief Executive Officer of the Authority, Eric Okre, emphasized that his outfit is working assiduously to ensure that everything produced in Ghana is safe to consume. Open Forum on Agricultural Biotechnology Ghana organized a workshop to educate scientists in other fields on genetically modified organisms. Chief Executive Officer of the National Biosafety Authority, Eric Okorie, has been updating the scientists on the progress of regulatory activities on biotechnology in Ghana. On the administrative side, we are coming out, um, in fact, in September, um, we are coming out with um, guidelines on um, genome editing. Now, GMOs is not the classical way where the gene is um, 
um, transferred from the donor to the recipient through the gene gun or the agrobacterium. It's the same organism and the gene is edited in the organism. So how do we do that in Ghana? We have come out with guidelines on that. We have also come out with guidelines on stack genes. If anybody wants to add gene on top of other, I mean, another one, we have come out with guidelines on that. So- Director General of the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research, Professor Paul Busu, indicated that farmers are highly expectant of the release of genetically modified organisms. According to him, they will continue to educate the public to help shape perception. If you are spending uh, so much money and spraying about eight times, chemicals remember these are chemicals uh, on crops and you can significantly reduce that and then also get your yield uh, you know cut down the losses by as much as 80% so honestly the farmers they are waiting for the final release education public awareness uh, if if people come to understand if people come to know why we are doing it. They come to understand the science, the very basic science of it. And they realize, they come to understand that, oh, after all, this is simple. GMO or biotechnology is something that we have lived with over the years. Then uh, they would come to appreciate it. The other one is time. Time will tell uh, if these things that the GMO, the biotechnology, uh, manipulated crops, are bad or they are evil. The port borer resistant cowpea has been approved by the National Biosafety Authority, but it's yet to be released for mass production and commercialization. Now, the microfinance and small loan center, Maslock, has explained that the closure of the Boku Maslock office is due to the security situation in the district. According to the center, it did not take the decision to deny the people of Boku of its services. The following report explains why. Maslock in the press release responding to what it describes as misinformation in circulation on various social media platforms said the temporary closure of the Boko district office was solely based on security issues and not an attempt to deny the people of earth service. According to the center, the issues being circulated on social media contain some inaccuracy and do not represent the full fact. Maslock assured the general public and its stakeholders that the primary reason for its decision to temporarily close its zonal office in Boko was due to the insecurities at Boko, which made the office non-functional. Providing some more insight, the statement said other governmental and business entities operating in the business commercial towns such as GCB, ADB, APSA Bank, SNET, and other judicial service have been compelled to relocate to other parts of the Upper East region and some to the offices of the Regional Coordinating Council in order to protect the lives of their employees. The center added that, following the concerns, it was decided to transfer the staff to the regional office in Bogotanga so they could continue working while management considered a long-term intervention to ensure that the staff could return to their jobs without fear of harm. A set for prime business. I am Pius Kojobaka. International business is next.
was brought to you by Ecuba. www.gamepackgames.com Game Park is regulated by the National Lottery Authority. Hey, Charlie, welcome back. The malaria really not free down, eh? Hey, Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Mala 2, containing Arthemeter and Lumefantrine. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Mala 2 is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Everybody came out, everybody's looking good, displaying their art, beautiful art everywhere. Um, this is my fifth year coming in a row. So I'm here every August for the festival. It's been amazing being with my black people all day, every day. It's been great. It's so fun here. There are a lot of arts, things to do. So I personally love it. And I love the artworks. I love Chalorate 2022. It's fantastic. This year's experience is, uh, is marvelous. It's amazing. It's Charlotte Festival, y'all. You ought to be here. The paintings, the people, the Ghanaians were awesome. Everyone, when you're in Ghana, around the same time, make sure you check it out. It's really happening. Okay. Okay. Hey, Papa. Should I listen for you? It's okay, Grandma. 
can drink it all. Oh, coffee. I brought plenty for you. Do you know that that calico, the natural fruit juice drink? This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the. Hello and welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbaut. Let's start off with the World Athletics Head of that very race. Um, Team uh, coach of Team Ghana, Elom Amenapo, has been speaking about the team's objectives. In the camp is what we've been asking for for a very long time, and this time around, we're able to spend uh, at least, uh, I think, eight days in uh, in France, and then we are back here in Hungary uh, doing the same thing that we, we are doing. So, um, looking at the training and everything, I think uh, we are ready to. Um, uh, qualification is the toughest in, in this tournament. Uh, to advance from the uh, round one to round two is the most difficult. And then looking at uh, his uh, heat, the seasonal best of uh, the athletes that he's going to run with, I think he's done a chance of uh, qualifying. It's just about him executing what uh, we, we, we are talking about, our race plan and everything. So I think uh, he has a chance of advancing to the next stage. Uh, Darcy, his rates, uh, his heat seems, for want of a better word, maybe relatively manageable. Uh, he has the fastest time in there, but uh, he has a strap on on, on, the, on his hamstring. Uh, talk to me too about his physical situation. Um, you know, uh, hamstring is some, something that comes and go, comes and go, and it, it got to do with uh, your mental toughness too. You know, when you are returning from injury, you are very conscious about it, like it, it can come again and all those things. So um, he needs to, uh, I mean, get it out of his mind uh, going into the race tomorrow. If he thinks about it too much, uh, it's definitely going to affect him. But hey, that's Jim Dazi. He's a tough guy, and uh, his running is late night. I mean, when you running in now you have a lot of work to do meaning you really need to run a very fast curve and uh, he has to get the hamstring injury out of his mind like if he has to uh, qualify to the next stage yeah um uh, also uh, when it comes to the sprinters apart from the relay team with joe paul and jim zazi what have you been working on specifically uh, in this is it the speed is it the technique or what have you been working on the most you know, uh, we have some few days to train, uh, you know, adaptation-wise, you can't say that we can use uh, the 10 days that we sp uh, spend to work on somebody's speed. It's about their preparation that they have with their various coaches before coming here. My duty here is to just maintain it and then to polish it so that they don't lose that form that uh, they have from the previous year. Well, meanwhile, Joyce Sports correspondent at the championship, Fencho Tahir Fencho, has been providing some further details about the team's preparation ahead of the race tomorrow. So they've been training quite well. Um, you know, team, after the Deborah uh, Aqua got, uh, you know, missed out on a chance to, to qualify for the women's 
uh, long jump final. Team Ghana, since Saturday, they've not competed. In fact, their first competition is on Wednesday, that's tomorrow, when two of our athletes will take into the tracks to compete in the uh, 200 meters uh, heat. Okay. And, you know, James Darcy, of course, I saw him. Uh, he's training really well, but he does have a bit of a plaster on his armstring, so he's not looking very good. Remember, he got injured after he ran the national record back uh, in uh, at the end of April. I think he ran that race on April 30. So he still hasn't fully recovered from that. Yeah, so in the shot, you see that that's Elom in the Ghana shirt yeah. uh, with uh, Joseph Paul Amor, uh, who will also be running in the 200-meter heats uh, tomorrow. And the relay team are the ones in your shot at the moment, obviously, uh, also training because they, they relays the heat for that is on Thursday. And so some of these guys would also be involved. So that's Edwin Gadai, Raymond French, and uh, Isaac Bosio in your shot. The two 200-meter runners, uh, Joseph Polamo and James Darcy, and that's James Darcy. You see the plaster on his left hamstring there, and he's not looking very good. Uh, however, the good news for him uh, is that his heat looks really good. Look at the numbers in there and what have you. But Muftal, I start, in fact, after the, uh, the conversation, you also see that the Ghana team uh, are wearing all kinds of, everybody's wearing their own thing. I have also been told that an airline has lost their training kit. Uh, it, 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 so it's, it's a really bizarre situation because, and Team Ghana is not the only one to have lost kit. Yesterday, I met the president of the Athletics Federation of, uh, of Zimbabwe, and he was running uh, across. Uh, and I asked him, why are you in such a hurry? Muftal, this man, you know, he's so big. But he was running and he was holding a bag. And I asked him, what's in the bag? He said, they are spikes. So what are they for? He's going to give them to one of his athletes to use to run a race, not just training. It was race day and he was still chasing spikes because an airline lost their spikes on the way. Wow. Then I lost my bag as well. So it's not... It's yeah, not so I, I was actually going to mention that you've also lost your bag. Yeah. So that's the problem. So it's been, it's been very chaotic in terms of the organization. But Team Ghana has been training well. They have been here since, uh, since Thursday. Well, let's move away from athletics and head to some football news now. And a young talent, Enes Nyama, is on the brink of sealing a transfer to French club Lyon after successfully passing his medical test. Now, the 19-year-old is expected to be officially unveiled as a new player for the French Ligue 1 outfit in a club record transfer fee of 80 million euros without owners included. My colleague Kwame Banaya uh, has been following this story and uh, has this report. And his entourage left for France on Monday, August 21, after Lyon and Nordjylland agreed on a deal for the player. The 19-year-old has completed his mandatory medical examination ahead of the move to Olympic Lyon. The 19-year-old will join the club on an initial loan deal from Nordjylland with obligation to buy permanently. He is expected to pen a deal with the Ligue 1 side until 2028, becoming the latest Ghanaian to play for the French club after Bedi Pele, John Mensah and Michael Lessien. The total package of the forwards transfer will be 30 million euros, making him Lyon's record signing and most expensive sale in the Danish Superliga. The Right to Dream Academy graduate enjoyed his first full season in Europe during the 2022-23 season with Nordjylland where he was close to guiding them to the league title. Noama has already had a blistering start to the 2023-24 season, scoring five goals in six games across all competitions for the Danish side, while also providing an assist. 
Nwama debuted for the Black Stars during the African Cup of Nations qualifier against Madagascar back in June. He was also part of the Black Meteor squad at the 2023 U23 African Cup of Nations in Morocco. Well, for some uh, appreciation of what this move means for the player and uh, exactly if it is the right move for him, uh, one person who can give us some good analysis of that is Fifi Manfred with our sister station, uh, Ishra FM in Kumasi. Uh, Fifi, thank you so much for joining us on Prime Sports tonight. It's a big move for Enes Nyama. He's going to be joining a club that uh, the maestro Abedi Pele himself played at. Uh, Michael Essen has also played there, and John Mensah have all played a great Ghanaian history as far as uh, Ghanaian representation of the club is concerned. Uh, what do you make of this move? Is this the right move for the young Ghanaian? Um, thank you very much, Musbao. Yes, it's an excellent move for NS Nwama. I mean, from his days at right to Jim Karami and going to Nigerland, um, the next move is one that's supposed to be in one of those um, top leagues in Europe, but not necessarily the ones with the most pressure. So the German Bundesliga on the, or the French League are, like in this case, is a very, very good option for him. And Nyama going to Lyon is a very, very good option for him. He goes into uh, the Lyon side after players like Kamadin Suleimana has been to start Rene, um, after Michael Ines Essien was there, was in France as well, after Abedi Pele, like you mentioned, has stayed in Lyon, um, of course, Marseille, I'm doing the day at you, was in Marseille. So the French Ligue is actually the league for baden talents like Ernest Nyama. Um, if you look at club, the club in which he's going to now, there are two players who are that of his kind, Ryan Cherky and then um, Bradley Bracola. These are top wingers like Nyama himself. Fast, pacey, um, athletic, the nimble footedness, and the fact that he's a wonderful ball carrier and an attacker for his team. So yes, um, the French Ligue is an excellent next step for the development of NS Tunyama, and I'm excited, like almost every Ghanaian, about that. Well, I mean, we know that there was, uh, you know, interest from Tottenham Hotspur. There was also interest from uh, Paris Saint-Germain themselves. At a point, even we understand that Ayaz was even considering, uh, you know, getting him into their squad there, but he appeared to have uh, chosen Lyon. But, I mean, in terms of uh, how he has been able to rise at this level, for the, for, for the sake of our viewers who are not very familiar with him, what can you share with us in terms of his rise to this very big level of playing for Lyon? So, essentially, it's, 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 he's a player that's from the supply chain, the conveyor belt, or the right to dream academy. Um, if you look at in the last few years, he has been himself, Kamadin Silimana, and there's a young boy also for Brighton and Hove Albion, Simon Edingra. He's an Ivorian international. These are the recent graduates from the Right to Dream Academy after himself, um, Kamadin Tildemana, Simon Edingra. And Nesmi is the next big thing from that um, supply chain. And then once he went to Nordjylland, he showed everybody how good of a player he can be and what he can give to the team. And that's exactly what he's doing. If you look at his numbers in the Dennis Superliga last season, the goals and assists that he was able to provide for his team, and then the fact that he was also able to um, set up and lead the team from the front foot. He was the best young player for the Danish for the Danish Superliga last season, and it tells you how good he is. In fact, tactically, he's a kind of player that is able to create chances and also score goals. So you know, there are two types of wingers: the kind of wingers that stays out wide and tries to create from out wide. But because of Niamh's very good ball carrying ability and dribbling ability. He's able to pick the ball from wide areas, cutting onto his favorite foot, 
and either score or create. So he's also direct. The blistering um, and pace also helps him takes on players, and that directness is what teams like Leon, and then that's exactly why teams like Torian Wasp and West Ham United wanted to get from him. He's a kind of player that, that isn't just a creator or a winger. The regular one will just send a cross. He's able to beat this marker 1v1. He's able to take on two players. He's able to cut in onto those tight spaces that you need on the left or the right to create because um, this, day, this, this day and age, the game is about making the best out of the, the, the chances and the space that we're able to get. So, Niyama is excellent for Leon and for himself as well. But in terms of uh, what this move will, will do for the Black Stars, of course, the Black Stars have a final game against Central African Republic coming up next month. And, uh, you know, if they're able to get at least a draw, they have an African Cup of Nations tournament in Ivy Coast come next year. I mean, for an opportunity for this youngster to play at such a high level, um, what, what will you say in terms of what it will add to the Black Stars, especially ahead of that qualifier against the African Republic, and even, you know, that possible uh, plays in the African tournament, which we are all yearning to win? Musbaso, you know, the first thing I'll tell you is that this is going to give coach, um, yeah, Black Stars coach, Chris um, a lot of headache. Because he's fought for choice when it comes to wingers. And now the youngest amongst them, Menos Nyama, is making a big move. That will, of course, show up his confidence as a person. And then that will also give him that, um, um, that exposure in a bigger league like the French League. Uh, he is going to play amongst some of the best players. The experience that he's going to garner in the next few weeks definitely is going to come in very important um, to the Ghana Black Stars when he comes um, to Kumasi in September. So, yes, it's, it's a good one for the Black Stars. Um, we are a sport for choice in terms of wingers. Joseph Pinto, yesterday we saw Jordan Ayu in the English Premier League. He was fantastic in that game. And then Nesnyama has that pace, trickery, and then the knack for goals also as well. So, it's a good one for Ghana. You know, in the games that we are going to play against Central African Republic, they need a, they, we need just a draw, but they would want to stay in that game. We can outrightly analyze that game and say that they would want to sit back Soak the pressure and then cut us on the counter attack. That means that we need pacey wingers and creative wingers like NS Nyama, um, players that can take on um, um, other players 1v1, 2v1, create chances and make the best out of even um, some 50 50 situations. So, definitely, it will be very, very important for the Black Stars. Well, Fifi, thank you so much for your insights there on that big move for Black Stars forward, 19 year old NS Nyama, who is moving from the Danish league to the French league. Ah. And uh, it's something that we'll be keeping tabs on. But let's get to Germany now, because over the weekend, uh, the German Bundesliga did start, and Harry Kane made his debut for uh, Bayern Munich, and uh, for, of course, uh, DWTV's Chris Harrington joins us all the way from Berlin, Germany, to just uh, do a little review of that Bundesliga weekend. Um, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Good to see you again. Um, but Harry Kane did help Bayern to a very lopsided victory over Bremen uh, to open the season. But have we seen a sign of what's to come for Harry Kane? First goal, first assist, and even a man of the match. himself it was a really spectacular performance i think the expectations were very high 
and he met those expectations. You know, uh, he, after the game, said he couldn't have asked for a better start. That's understandable because he understands the pressure. Even on the flight back, this game was at Veda Bremen. Keep in mind, on the flight back to Munich, he was even taking photos with fans at the airport. So I think Harry Kane, on the pitch and off the pitch, has uh, passed all tests with flying colors. You know, I think he is filling that number nine very nicely right now. And uh, Thomas Sewell even talks about the influence he has inside the locker room. I touched on this last week, you know, but I think it's true. I mean, you see the, the look on everyone's faces. I mean, a, a complete switch has been turned on at Bayern Munich because they now have a true leader, you know, in certain respects, at least a leader, you know, similar to that of old. Uh, and I'm speaking or referring to Robert Lewandowski, you know, but uh, I think that Bayern Munich looked really good and solid up front. I think it's in the back of their mind that they allowed the Super Cup to slip through their fingers uh, it, with a horrible uh unimpressive showing against RB Leipzig who ultimately won that contest but all in all Harry Kane looks good and he returns to Munich uh, next match day and I'm expecting the party to continue well uh, of course uh, the party is most likely going to continue but Chris um, you've mentioned Nigerian Victor Boniface and uh, that's Bayern Leverkusen striker well he did contribute against RB Leipzig in a match that could have ended either way um, what, what can you share with us in terms of his performance over the weekend also? Yeah, well, uh, that match, a lot of people had RB Leipzig as favorites in that match considering that they had just come off a very impressive 3-0 victory over Bayern Munich. But I've been speaking about Victor uh, Boniface for quite some time. You know, he was being scouted early when the uh, he, uh, Bayern Leverkusen and his former side met in the Champions League. And it's nice. He didn't score in that uh, uh, affair, but he did assist. And uh, he looked very good up front. You know, I think Bayern Leverkusen, when you look at the coach, you look at their talent pool. Frimpong score, scored in that match. Jonathan Ta scored in that match as well. Uh, and then Danny Olmo, who contributed the hat trick against Bayern Munich, he was able to pull one back for the Bulls of RB Leipzig. But all in all, you know, it ended in uh, Javi Alonso's way. Uh, he got the victory. I think it was well-deserved. It was looked to be a dominant performance by Leipzig, but then, uh, excuse me, by Leverkusen, but then Leipzig clawed their way back and made it very interesting, but they were unable to get the equalizer. And uh, I salute the Leverkusen. You know, it's one thing, Leverkusen, to the viewers out there that might not know, they have a nickname, Neverkusen, basically <laughs> saying that they never get it done, I think, with their leadership, with their added talent up front. Uh, they're a serious threat to Bayern Munich. Well, Chris, uh, away from the, let's talk a bit about Dortmund. It's something magical to happen at Signale Duna Park. The last time they were there, they lost the Bundesliga title because that affair, that match against Mainz last season ended in a draw. Well, it looked to be the case. It looked it was going to be a scoreless draw, but Danielle Mullen saved the day. 
two minutes from time and just throwing the fans into a frenzy at Signal Laduna Park. You know, I, I think it was a step in the right direction. Cologne uh, is never an easy opponent to Borussia Dortmund. You know, there's uh, they've been competitive in past fixtures. You know, I think Dortmund are just going to have to take it one step at a time. Obviously, it's the three points. That's what you need. It's so early in the season, you don't want to get ahead of yourselves. But Dortmund are expected to put up a fight similar to what they put up last season. Just to watch it, you know, fall short. They do have Sebastian Alea healthy, you know, from the beginning of the season, unlike last season. So I do think he'll be a difference. We have to see the void. Jude Bellingham will leave in the midfield. This time around, it looks like Danielle Malin got the deal done. And uh, that's one match. So uh, salute to Dortmund and all their uh, faithful fan base. And uh, the Union Berlin, one club, the only club in uh, Berlin left in the top flight after head to Berlin was uh, regulated, uh, relegated. A hat trick from uh, an old striker, Kevin Behrens, that, that really stood out to me. You know, he, he never scored more than one goal in his career. He's over 30 years old. He put up a hat trick. I'm sure he loves the feeling. And it just goes to show that uh, Union Berlin are very serious. You know, not the toughest opponent they had on the pitch match day one in Bochum, but all uh, in all, a hat trick is definitely worth writing about, worth speaking about. And they had two penalties saved as well. Their goalkeeper, Renault, saved two penalties. That's also a very high feat to accomplish. So salute to Union Berlin. They're debuting in the Champions League, as I've mentioned, and uh, they're starting off well. Chris, I have to let you go, but uh, just before that, of course, we know that Colomwani is very close to joining Paris Saint-Germain. That's a, a transfer that has been on the books for quite a while now. But we understand that uh, Frankfurt, uh, uh, Stuttgart, rather, they, they have, you know, rejected some six to five million euros from Paris Saint-Germain for the player, and they want more. How much do they really want for uh, Colomwani to depart? Yeah, uh, Paris Saint-Germain are in the market for Randall Colomouani, Frankfurt's striker, 24 years old. You know, he's been rumored uh, to be elsewhere for quite some time. Well, PSG had their first offer rejected by Frankfurt. They only threw 65 million euros at Frankfurt. And Frankfurt said, no, we're going to need more money than that. I think PSG has the money because, you know, as the world knows, Neymar uh, got a big cash reward for leaving PSG and going uh to the Middle East to compete, and PSG got a quite a bit of money in return. So I do think, hopefully, uh, it'll be the next chapter of Randall Kolomouani's career. He's been stellar in the Bundesliga. I'm expecting big things if PSG do indeed land him. Well, uh, thank you so much, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us on Prime Sports. And, of course, uh, we'll do some you know, little forecast ahead of the second week in the Bundesliga. But that's all we have for you on Prime Sports tonight with me, Razak Musbao, and uh, do stay tuned to join us because there's more stories also on myjoeonline.com for slash sports. A PM Express is coming your way. Please do stay. Sports segments was brought to you by... Remember DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries.